0: Welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is, quite simply, hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates,
1: you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. hey everybody welcome back to the hungry authors podcast today we're super psyched to have a media expert with us especially as it pertains to authors getting their message out her name's paula rizzo welcome paula and um please go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience just give us a little bit of your backstory
2: hi well i love authors i am an author myself i have two books about productivity listful living and listful thinking So I know completely from from both sides of this what it's like to promote something that you've spent a really long time on and be able to get it out in the world and speak about it in a way that makes people care and makes people write and write to you and say how much you've changed their lives. But more importantly, also buy the book. Uh, And my background is in television production. I was a TV producer for many years. Um, I won an Emmy Award in New York City for my work uh, as a news producer, both in local news and national news. And so I booked a lot of authors in my day. I had a lot of people come in and we booked a lot of segments. And it it always broke my heart, the ones that I could not book because they just were not ready for media. And even if their book was fantastic and their message was great, but they were not camera ready. It was a no. And I just had to move on with my day. So now that I own my own business and I media train authors, I'm able to help people get their books out into the world in a bigger way so that they do get To to do you know major media whether it be podcasts or television magazines those types of things Um, I'm also a LinkedIn learning instructor so I've created a whole bunch of courses for LinkedIn on productivity and list making since I love it so much my background as a TV producer made me very efficient I love spreadsheets I'm able to you know make sure things get done on time and all that so I've been able to spread. Spread the word that way, and um, you know, I get it from both sides. I do media a lot myself for my books uh, and for what I talk about. So um, I I find that it's really fun to be able to dig in and hear about authors and hear about their books and their journeys and how they came to write the book, and then be able to share that with other people.
1: Awesome. Okay, we've got a lot of questions we want to ask you about your expertise, how authors can, you know, get in the media, make great use of all the outlets available to them. But something just occurred to me. I want to start at the beginning of this process, I imagine, like where and when, I guess when do authors start thinking about the media and Mm -hmm. how like basically, ideally, I imagine it would be great to start before you even write the book, right? And start targeting it towards that. I mean, obviously, if you've already written your book, I'm, st- I'm sure there's still strategies you can use. But if you're talking to first time authors who maybe even just have an idea, like tell us how writing for the media, not to turn off any of our like creative, you know, um, people out there, but how, how do you advise people at the very beginning? Should they be thinking about media from the very beginning?
2: The biggest misconception is that you have to wait for your book to be out to do media. And I always say to people, it is too late. It is too late. You should have been doing it before. Okay, it's never too late. You can always get media for your book, okay? But I would love for you to start way before. And that's what I did. When I was a TV producer, I started a blog, listproducer.com, about list making. And, you know, it was this nerdy blog that I was like, "Well, I don't know if anybody cares about this," and it became popular and it became my book. However, I started getting media for myself when that blog started because I knew to legitimize myself as an expert in the field of productivity and list making, People needed to see me as that. And the way that you do that is you are featured in the media, but it does two things. Not only does it help you to build your expertise, but it also helps you to practice talking about what you know, to fail a little bit, right? To be like, nah, I don't know if that was the best interview or maybe I should have said it differently. You get to get your sea legs under you and learn you know, what you talk about well. It's really interesting too because if you do podcasts, I find that it's you know you have more time to talk to the host and also I learned a lot from doing podcasts and interviews, um, you know being interviewed for for magazines and things, listening to the journalists repeat back to me what they were learning from what I was saying. So they would say, oh, it's sort of like this. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a way better way to say it. I should say it that way next time. You know, so it, it, it really gives you an education in how to do this. You get to sort of get your stuff out there and, and start practicing early because then when the book comes out, you feel ready. You don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm terrified. I've never done this before. And guess what? You're not going to get booked in a whole bunch of media if they don't know who you are and they see that you've never done anything
0: right right oh my goodness yeah that makes perfect sense and so okay let's just back up a second to what you mean by media because i think when most authors and i'll be honest you know i've been working in publishing for a long time we don't talk about media all that often because i think most people assume that it's so far out of the re- out of reach like you've mentioned tv and i think many authors listening to this would be like wait a minute tv i could be on tv what like <laughs> That sounds like a total pipe dream. So can you tell us just a little bit more about like, what do you mean by media and like, what's kind of involved in that umbrella? It has changed through the years, right? Sure. Media
2: used to be traditional media was TV, radio, magazines. That was it. That was the only the only game in town. Um, but now, you know, it's podcasts, it's blogs, it's uh, live stream shows. I have a live stream show where I book people all the time and I have them, you know, we live stream on YouTube and, you know, LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can create your own media. You know, there's videos that you can produce. It's very, very different than it used to be. Anyone can be, go live at any point in the day. That used to be reserved just for TV producers and TV stations. Uh, But, you know, I think the the other issue, too, is that people don't think that they could be picked like what you said. Um, And the truth of the matter is, you know, I worked in TV news for close to 20 years and we want to find you. We need new stories. We need new experts. We want a different take on things. We have a job to do as journalists. We need to find the next best thing. And so it's so exciting when someone has a new book out because it's like, oh, let's see what this is different than what I've heard before. Or this is, you know, maybe it's the same kind of concept, but it's a different author who is uh, a little bit more compelling in a different way, or will speak to my audience uh, in a better way. So I think that's a big misconception is that you think, oh, the media will pick me. Yes, well, we might find you, right? Uh, because if, if, it's, if you're doing your job and you're out there and you're marketing and, and people know who you are, but at the same time, they won't know unless you pitch them. So you need to tell them that you're there, whether you do that with a publicist or you do that on your own. And as a TV producer for years, I was pitched not only authors themselves, but also, you know, publishing companies would would pitch or publicists or whatever it is. It almost it doesn't matter how the message gets out to the media as long as it does, as long as you're in their inbox.
0: Yeah, that I love that, too, because that's something that we are often reminding authors is like with acquisitions editors, acquisitions editors want to find great authors they they need those authors to make money (laughs) so it's like yeah i mean it makes sense that it's the same way with the media too
1: so talk to us a little bit about your process how do you how do you help authors craft a message that is media worthy and you know true to their own creative ideals. And, you know, I imagine there's going to be some crossover. We talk a lot about finding your big idea, right? And and an element of that is having something that um, is timely that the media might be interested in. So tell me how you think about this and you coach people through this, assuming you're catching them at exactly the right time and, you know, they're ready to engage, you know, in this process.
2: One of the hardest questions is what is your book about? it's so hard. I know, right? It's
1: so hard. Yes. Like when people talk about elevator pitches, yes, it is the hardest, it is such a skill. It is the hardest thing to land. It really is.
2: And you just want to crawl away and be like, well, here's the book. You should read it. No, that's like not the answer. Right. And I get it. I'm working on fiction now, right? I have the two nonfiction books and I'm working on fiction and people are always asking me, what's the book about? And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. I do this for a living. I help everybody else do it. I can't answer the question for myself yet. I am not there. It is a work in progress. So I identify wholeheartedly with the panic that ensues when someone asks you what your book is about. And I truly don't want authors to feel that way because it really, you know, it's a disservice to them and to the people who could could really benefit from the book because this is a public service that we're doing. You know, we, we write these books for a reason to help people to get our messages out there and to be able to, to change the world truly. And the way that I think about it and that I teach it to people is to have a short, a medium, and a long answer to anything that you're going to talk about. What is your book about is one of those. Why did you write your book? I have a whole bunch of questions uh, that I put together. I have a freebie. It's 10 media questions all authors should answer um, and, and know how to do that. I created from working with authors so much where it's the same questions come up again and again. And it's like, I want you to be prepared to answer these questions because they're going to ask it to you in the media. And uh, I call it the accordion method. It's the way that I teach it. So the short answer is like, you know, you you have this short headline. Of what is the book about? And then if you have more time because you're on a, you know, let's say you're on a radio show and you have more time, you open the accordion, and you have a, a medium sized answer. And then if you're on a podcast where, you know, you have the luxury of time and it's not live, then you you break out that long answer, right? And so to be able to have that thought process for each of the questions that you answer, I teach that to all of my clients. And, you know, it helps not only when you're talking about your book, but when you're at book events, people ask you questions, Uh, you know, it's just a a good way to sort of like let's front load what the answer is. So if people tune out, they got something.
0: I love that. I know, you know, when most people ask like, oh, what's your book about? You know, a lot of authors are going to say the topic. They're going to say, oh, my book is about... Personal finance. My book is about publishing. My book is about trauma, whatever. And what I tell authors is like, well, you've just kind of given your power away. Now that person has all of the power to either say, oh, cool, tell me more. But they also might be like, hey, waiter, come get me another drink. Right. You're done. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that idea of like, no, have something ready that's more than just here's my topic that really kind of unveils, like, here's the argument I'm making. Here's my idea. Here's something that could actually engage you and get you interested in buying my book. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So, you know, for me with my list books, it's something something like,
2: you know, lists are not only for to-dos, they can actually change your life. And, you know, I wrote two books about how you can be less stressed and more productive and, you know, live a better life or something. You know, so to be able to have those ideas like right at your fingertips – is, is something that it's it's a skill. It's something that you learn. You wouldn't know that right off the bat. And because authors are so used to writing, this is what happens when I work with a lot of media training clients. They want to write down all their answers, which is fine. But then we need to be able to translate it into speaking because your speaking voice and your writing voice are very different. So you want to be able to communicate in a way that's really compelling that you're using active active voice that you're really, you know, jumping in and giving people examples and painting a picture for them with the examples that you give. You might not do that in the same way if you were writing out an answer.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. So, let's say that an author is working on their book proposal. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of, they've got their accordion answers ready to go. They kind of have their ideas solidified. What does it look like for an author to, or what would you kind of coach an author to prepare in their proposal? Like, Should they already at the proposal stage be reaching out to their kind of local TV networks or radio networks or you know podcasts? How do you help an author kind of think about how they might pitch media from that proposal stage? You have to be. You have to be. Because, you know, I think, uh,
2: you know, any agent, any, uh, you know, acquisitions editor is going to be looking to say, do, have they done media before? Are they going to be able to sell this book? Because, you know, they come back to you once you sell the book and they say, okay, how are you going to help? What What do you got? What's your list? Who are the people you're going you're gonna to reach out to? So you need to sort of have that beforehand and break that barrier before you get through you know, the whole process, because publishing is a it takes a long, long time. That's what I learned as TV producer. Everything happens in seconds. Uh, and in publishing, things happen in years. So it takes a really long time for 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 things to work to work out and to for the book to finally come out in the world and all of that. But um, to do the work beforehand, because they definitely want to be able to see that and you want to feel confident you want to feel good that you're able to talk about this concept and to show your expertise,
1: um, you know,
2: from that proposal state.
1: Totally. Paula, tell me how you think about platform, platform building, the size of your platform, kind of a hot, sometimes controversial subject, especially in publishing. Sure, There's lots of different pieces of information and opinions about how big it needs to be. Does it include, you know, is it social media, email list, public bylines, you know, whatever, podcasts, that sort of thing. So when you're trying to get in the media, does that have, you know, or when you talk about media, you talk about pitching, do you have to have a certain social media size? Do you just have to have a really good idea that you've crafted and positioned right? You know, how do you think about all of these different kind of things that combine that make up the platform and how that relates to the media? The answer is it depends. Right? Okay. So
2: I think it depends on the outlet. Uh, you know, I worked for a major cable network for years and years. I never cared how big some author's social media following was didn't matter to me. We had a huge following of our own. So it didn't matter to me that they could retweet or, you know, whatever, whatever it's called now, re X. am not sure what it's called, but, uh, you know, that they could reshare our thing and then it would reach more people because they had so many followers. I mean, is that important? Yes, but it wasn't the end all be all. It was because I knew we had a great story idea that my audience was going to love and that's really what i cared about it it wouldn't matter if that person had zero followers it's just that the concept and the story was great that's not always the case right so if it's if it's a smaller outlet and they're looking to build visibility for themselves as well they may be looking to you as the expert to say well this follow this person has you know a million followers if we have them retweet this everybody's going to know about our show and about all of our stuff too and follow us and you know the journals will be happy and so it just it really does depend uh, you know i try not to put too much even for myself like like too much stock in the numbers of of what it is i mean there's so many algorithms and some of them are fake and some of them, who knows what it all is at the end of the day, you truly just need to be your own producer. And that's what I teach all of my clients to do is to create your own content, to create your own videos, to put all of your stuff out there. You know, something happens in the news. Don't wait for hopefully the media will call you. No, create your own video. Come out and say, OK, hey, this this thing just happened in the news. It, it has to do with your expertise. Tell everybody what you think about it. You know, so often media begets media, even if it's your own media that you start with, and that's worked for me quite often. Is that I'll write something on, you know, LinkedIn or somewhere, and a member of the media will see it, and they'll say, "Hey, could you come talk on our show about that?" Sure.
0: Okay, so that I mean, that kind of answers a question about the role of social media. As you know, authors should be kind of putting their own stuff out there. You know, having their own hot takes. But then, how do you if you're if you're putting stuff out there on social media? Let's say and you're like, gosh, I hope that someone on the media will find this and think it's so brilliant and ask me to be on their show, you know, you should pitch them too. But should Mm -hmm. you kind of come prepared and say, like, look, I created this video. It did really well. I got X number of views and therefore I, you know, let me come on your show and do kind of the same thing. Or, you know, how does that work? Yeah,
2: I mean, you do want to have the evidence
0: that you've done this before. And the best evidence
2: is to show that you've done it in another media outlet, right? Because that's just you're able to show, hey, look, this is like I'm legit. And I was I was booked somewhere else. Uh, You know, the worst thing is to say, oh, look, I just did this on this station. I can do the exact same thing for you. They don't necessarily want that. Why would I want the exact same segment that they just did on this other station? It's great that you did that. But is there a twist that would work for me, for my audience? So you want to make sure that it will really work for whoever it is that you're pitching it to. And the way that I teach pitching is that there are three main elements to pitch. You need the hook the twist and the takeaway. So the hook is the why now, right? It's that element of is there a holiday that's that's tied to this or there's something in the news that's going on? The twist is how is this different than everything else I've heard about it? So you know, how can you tell me that stress is good for me or something? Uh, and then what's the takeaway? What will the audience literally take away? if they can do tomorrow that will change their lives because that is what tv producers anybody who's you know writing an article they want they want that information for their for their audience so as the person pitching you already need to be thinking what the journalist is thinking so if you have those three elements it it will often get you at least a foot in the door where you can start to have a conversation
1: yeah that's really really good can you apply that i don't mean to put you on the spot i just want to see it in action can you apply that like how you would pitch your list book
2: yeah so the the hook for list i don't know let's say there's something in the news or um you know it's we're back to school let's say Mm -hmm. right so we're back to school for instance um you know so the hook would be back to school season lists are out of control you know Mm -hmm. and then we would do you know the twist is like don't make a to-do list here are three other lists that you should be making for back to school instead. Mm -hmm. And then the takeaway is, you know, here are these these three lists that you should make instead of a to-do list that will actually help you to be more organized and, you know, get your kids out the door, whatever it is, right? So to to kind of give that counterintuitive hook so that people don't feel like, oh, I heard this already, or I already know this. I mean, although, look, you look at a magazine cover, there, it's the same thing, how to beat belly fat every single month, right? Like, <laughs> for women's magazines, at least.
1: Right, but this um, time, it's eat everything you want. And next month it's only eat this many calories. Exactly. I mean, it's just, don't you think that drives editors and, 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 you know, journalists crazy? They know those are
2: the headlines that sell the magazines and they've got to come up with something new every single month, every single now, you know, if it's, if the circulation is weekly or whatever, it's a lot. So, you know, there's a need for your information. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see how the, the the benefit, though, of starting this process so early or as early as you can, especially if you haven't written your book yet or you're just at the beginning of the process of becoming an author, because we talk about similar things when it comes to finding your big idea, that you need a topic that is to some degree timeless or evergreen, something that will people will still want to hear about in f- five years from now because you hope your book keeps selling but you also have to put like what you would call the twist. You have to put like an angle on it, right? That makes yeah. it different. That makes it pitchable. That makes it um, timely for today to some extent. Um, and when you build those elements in from the very beginning, I got to imagine that makes the marketing so much easier, right? And, if you've already you get to that. see, you get to see what works. Yeah, you know? exactly. Practice in public and get yes. immediate feedback. Like that's one of the things Ariel and I talk to clients about a lot when they come to us and they have a book idea. One of our first questions is, have you, have you talked about this anywhere? Have you written about it anywhere? Have you made a thrown up a post on social media? Have you gotten any kind of public reaction to this at right. all? Um, that's one of the best ideas, best ways to test an idea. Some of the I mean, the, the amount of authors who land on their book idea because they have something not even go viral, but just get some sort of a reaction. Mm-hmm. You no, know it really is a great indicator that like there's something going on here. And sometimes it's surprising, right? Sometimes it's the thing you didn't think it would be.
2: I think it always is surprising. I, you know, I think, I, I, Oh, I know I'm going to do a thing about this and people are going to love it. And then nobody cares. And then you do something that you're like, I don't know. I guess I'll just, and that's the thing, of course, that people then care about. Like, I didn't think I was going to write a book about lists, you know, like I always wanted to be an author from the time I was a kid, I was like doing, doing a newsletter for my stuffed animals and, you know, writing for the school newspaper and all those things. I was, you know, into it. I always wanted to be an author. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, writing about lists, but it's the thing that found me and it's the thing that I'm good at. And so I said, you know what this, why not? Why, why not this?
0: I love that. (laughs) So are the best hooks something that is really timely, like connecting it to, you know, some kind of current event or something else going on in the news or, you know, hurricane is coming or whatever the case may be, because I'm thinking about, and I'll just selfishly, I'm thinking about hungry authors and I'm like, okay, our book is going to publish as of right now. The the publication date is September, 2024, which Mm. is you know, that's, that's okay timing, but it's also in the midst of a presidential election. Yeah. And so something that Liz and I are already starting to think about is how are we going to promote this thing in the midst of all of that media storm? Because you know, it's going to be crazy, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, it's going to be insane. And that's where a lot of people's attention is going to be. And so we're already starting to think, okay, how do we articulate a hook that is going to, you know, draw people our way, when all of that is going on, how how would you recommend like we think about that? It's such a long game. you know, everybody puts such a huge
2: emphasis, and you should on the the launch date and the month that it comes out and everything that has the pre-orders and all that it's great. It's wonderful, and you should do that. but this is a long life for this book. There is a lot more that you can squeeze out of it beyond the September, October, November, you know time period. So I wouldn't get too bogged down with feeling like, oh, gosh, we're going to lose all of these potential people because they're going to be so sidetracked by all these other things. They might not be your readers anyway. You know, it might be a total, totally different audience. Yes. The the world is always going to have a million news stories out there that are going to be distracting attention. The thing that might happen to you, unfortunately, is that if you do get booked on something really exciting... You could get you know, your segment could get killed for breaking news because of the election or breaking news because of whatever. I mean, that's always the case. That's always something. Um, But I think, you know, it's very much about connecting with your audience, knowing who are the people who who need this book and finding out where they are, what are the publications they read, what are, where are the places that they are and really knowing this is a really long game. Look, my first book came out, oh my gosh, now, I don't know, eight years ago or something. I'm still talking about lists. You know, my second book came out three years ago, still talking about lists and I will still continue to. And the same for you, the themes and the things that you talk about Will continue to to be um, something that you talk about, and also to say it might be a good thing to say, "Hey, you need a distraction from the election and everything else. Don't you have aspirations to write a book? Hey, we we've got some, we got you covered there, or whatever it is. You know, uh, you can use that to your
0: advantage too. That's true. Yeah. That's very comforting.
1: <laughs> yes, I was just going to say that feels like a relief because we we do have some fun ideas for how to you know, incorporate our message or talk about it in in terms of like presidents who've written books or whatever. But it does feel a little bit, number one, hard and overwhelming. And number two, like cheesy to me sometimes to try and think about how to fit like our thing into.
2: No, it's not cheesy. It's smart. It's like a puzzle.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, to make all of it, like, geared towards a presidential election or trying to make our message, like, relevant to that, you know, it's like, I don't really want to do that. I will do some of it, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like, sometimes it feels like fun, but it's also, like, bigger than that. And like you said, like, a distraction or yeah, it's good. I mean, it's going to be maybe a couple months of that and then you know, we have built an entire brand around this we have master classes we have a membership we have you know like this is a whole thing we want to do multiple books like the presidential election, is going to, no one's going to be thinking about that. Well, hopefully he never, I know. Well, who knows? (laughs) We won't get into it, but like, hopefully come January, that's all going to be behind us, you know? Anyway.
2: I hope so. Right. Well, you know, and, and to your point, like you want to do just enough of it, right? It doesn't need to be too, too much, but I do think leaning in to it a little bit, even like sort of tongue in cheek and fun and being like, Hey, look, we're not oblivious to the fact that this is going on in the world. And then everybody's paying attention to it. And we, did these fun things that kind of support what we're doing too that's cool i i love that i think it's like a little puzzle um and then from there being able to then say you know what that's enough of that or and even with social media you know i was just i did a speaking engagement for uh the writers digest conference in new york and it was very fun and one of the questions that came up was do i have to do tiktok as an author and i said do you want to do tiktok and she said no And I said, then I say you can relieve yourself of that because if you're not going in with your whole heart and you feel excited about it and you want to do it, it's not going to be great. You're not going to be doing a great job. You're going to be resentful of it. And you're probably only going to do it for a little while and go somewhere else. If you really like it, if you start to, you know, see that you post there and you're like, you know, this is actually kind of fun, then you will put more into it and it won't feel like a job. And so, you know, I think we all put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything. I have to do every last piece of this launch thing and I have to do media and I have to do this and I have to do that. You actually don't. You can pick and choose and do a little bit at a time and build on it and build on it and don't think like, oh my gosh, the opportunity is going to be gone and I'm never going to get it again. In some instances, that's true. If a TV producer calls you and you say no, you are dead to them and they will probably never call you again. They will find somebody else to do that almost exact same story and you're done. They will just go on to someone else. And I know because I've done that. I did that for years. I had a job to do. I had a timeline and I needed somebody who could talk about XYZ thing. I found them. They were great. You didn't do it. You're off my list.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that is really good to know. So you mentioned a few things that authors, you know, shouldn't, should, and shouldn't do, uh, do start planning, you know, really far in advance. Uh, don't say no. If the media reaches out to you and wants to interview about something that you're an expert on, what else should authors kind of stay away from? What are the like two don'ts? To don't is I would not pay for media opportunities. And I know
2: that there are a lot of companies that sort of prey on people who, you know, they say, oh, we're going to guarantee you media. There is no guarantee in media, like truly earned media. Uh, it, it They don't pay. You're not going to get paid for that. So you should never have to pay to be put somewhere. Uh, you know, I think that's something that people, they, they pay for placements or they pay for, that's advertising. Yeah. That's a that's a different game. That is not, you know, that's not the you same thing. Podcasts. As It's
1: coming all too common now to have to pay to be a guest, Mm. like podcast hosts are charging guests and sometimes not even disclosing that, which is not not, good.
2: Yeah, it's not good. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Like any kind of pay for play opportunity. I'm very allergic to as a journalist. Um, you know, even I've seen too some, some, uh, you know, some publicists will do that. Some, um, I had seen somebody asking about, I wonder you, you two would know about this better, but someone was asking about interviewing people in your, in your book and paying for the interviews. And I was like, never, I would never pay somebody no. to interview them in my book. That's crazy no. town.
1: Right. I've done a lot of that. I mean, I've done a lot of interviewing for the kinds of books that I ghost and I have never. No. No yeah paid anyone or them never, had them pay or whatever yeah no never. i couldn't
2: believe it either when I saw, I saw it in like a chat room or something or whatever you know like a discussion board and i was like people do this i was like i would
1: never pay a source for for a quote no and you'd have to disclose it right mm-hmm. i mean you, yeah that yeah no i've never done that or heard of that it's weird okay. um okay so no pay no paying <laughs> no paying <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> no paying um, no but, saying no
2: Uh, and truly, you know, I get it. Like I've had, it breaks my heart because this has happened to clients that I've had where they'll say, oh, I got this. Somebody reached out. They found my book on Amazon or I had written a blog post somewhere and they found me and I just didn't feel ready. Mm. And it just breaks my heart because you will not be asked again by that particular outlet. I'm sure, you know, they will move on. And so you do have to just jump in and say yes and, and do your best
0: and, you know, fail forward. What about yeah. self-published books? Do Does the media tend to view self-published books and self-published authors kind of differently than traditional? It has definitely changed. It's gotten better. But, okay. you know, I've been out on my own for about six years
2: now. And when I was a journalist... In TV, it was, so let's say six years ago, it was just becoming like, okay, if it was a self-published author, uh, you know, there is that legitimacy that is is baked in if you're a traditionally published author. We know that, you know, someone thought this was a good idea and someone hopefully fact-checked it and somebody hopefully, you know, like it, there's something that that is, that there's a layer there that really makes it a little bit easier for journalists to say yes. Um that said, you know, pu- self-publishing has gotten a lot better through the through the years. Um and I remember I one of the last segments I did while I was working in TV, I had interviewed someone and we identified him as the off- the 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 host of such and such podcast. And that was really like the first time we had ever done that where it's like he was a podcast host and that was an okay credential to use. You know, it didn't, he didn't have to be, I mean, he also was an author, but it didn't have to be that, you know, he was, he was an author. He had all these other things behind him. He had a podcast and that was enough.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you like a behind the scenes insidery question that yes. I sometimes wonder about? Okay. Please. So when huge books come out by people who have big platforms. And by that, I mean, they usually have a lot of social media followers. They've got a big podcast. They've usually in my world, they're usually like business thought leaders or digital entrepreneurs of some kind. Um, And they have a big book launch. There's clearly like a bestseller campaign behind it because, you know, it's like jumps up on the list and they usually end up getting a spot, which is totally fine to do. Um, they end up getting like a spot on like the Today Show or Good Morning America. They've got like a three-minute segment where they kind of do their little, you know, they highlight something cool about their book. Like Jenna Kutcher does this, like Amy Porterfield, Rachel Hollis, people like this. So they've obviously got like money to invest in it and probably got publisher, I mean, got a publicist. But like, tell me how... Is that it? I mean, that's is that how they get on? Like the Today Show, they just have the money and the the a good publicist who like knows people or or can pay for it. Not that not that they're paying for the spot, but that right. can like the, reach the right. Yeah, like how does and and the books like sometimes they're good. Sometimes they do the bestseller campaign thing where they jump the list. They're there for a week and then they fall off because they had a big surge in pre sales. But like, tell me, tell me how this like happens? Is that really it? You just have like you know. You know the people and you know the right things to pay for?
2: Sometimes you know, it's the access. Yeah. It's that they yeah. have a, they have a big publisher who's putting a lot of money and effort behind it because they know they have a huge platform and they can right. sell a lot of books and there's a lot of eyeballs on it. And so they put a lot of push behind that. You know, they have an internal probably publicist who is working, you know, their email has been telling all of the people that they know, uh, you know, at these TV outlets that this book is coming and that they're really excited about it and how it can, you know, really help. And so there's, yes, you know, they may have an outside PR person too who's doing the exact same thing. Those relationships matter. You know, having somebody, I'm not going to say you have to have a publicist to do to do it because have people done it without? Yes, absolutely. But they're media savvy and they've probably been booked before and maybe somebody at the Today Show already knows them and they've proved and they've shown that they're able to to be great on camera or they'll be able to, you know, give the audience what they need or whatever it is. So it can happen. But the access that you're paying for a publicist, you know, through the years, publicists get good and bad raps, right? You know, I've worked with excellent ones and I've worked with terrible ones through the years. So it's always really important to vet them and know, you know, what does their Rolodex look like? Because there's oftentimes when I would say no to something that I would get pitched. And then if I knew that publicist and they were able to push back and say, you know what, if you could just take a second look at this, I really think that this would work. And I trusted that person so she could do that so then i would look again and say okay fine let me just see you know and, and so it that relationship you can't you you know you can't have that
1: yeah. typically yeah, I do. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually really love this idea that relationships matter. It kind of goes back to your idea of saying yes. Like maybe it's not your ideal outlet, but it's a way to not just get experience, but build a relationship who probably knows other people who Definitely. probably, you know, like even when we talk to um, clients about researching agents you know, you can do a deep dive. Do you have your eyes on a specific publisher? Like if you find, you know, research agents, is there an agent who, who does a lot of deals with Harper leadership or Hay House or something? They, if they do a lot of deals, they probably know editors over there. They probably have friends over there. They, you know what I mean? Like there's it's so much of it is knowing people and a lot of that just comes down to getting your foot in the door and then asking for more connections and building real relationships find out who produces segments and follow them on LinkedIn you know that sort of thing don't be
2: a snob that's another don't don't be a snob when it comes to media if it if it's a small you know outlet or small blog or whatever it is Do it anyway. And I, you know, I learned this from an expert years and years ago. His name is Chris Killam. He's wonderful. He's an author as well. And he's a natural medicine expert. And I booked him for 10 years straight, you know, over and over and over. He was great. And he always said, you know, I'm never going to turn down an opportunity to talk about what I know. And if one person is listening, that makes a difference. And I always thought, what a nice way to look at that. You know, and and he would say, and you never know where that producer is going to end up, right? They might start at this little podunk place and then end up at the Today Show. And remember how kind you were to them and take you with them, because that's what producers and editors do. They take their Rolodex of people with them wherever else they're going. And media begets media. You, You get quoted somewhere. Where do you think journalists are looking for ideas? Everywhere. So if you're seen here, then they think, oh, you know what? We could do something with that person. Let's see how we can make that work for for our publication.
0: I love that. I mean, that's so true. So many parallels to publishing, you know, just how publishing works in general. So really great lessons here. Thank you so much. So where can people um, find out more about you? And um, can you actually share a little bit about the course that you're launching in October?
2: Yeah, so I have a course called Media Ready Author that I created to be able to help more people, more authors get their their work out into the world, be able to talk about you know that question, what is your book about, and feel ready because I, I it just breaks my heart when people say, oh, I don't feel ready. I'm going to say no to that opportunity, and it's important to start early and start before you think you need it because you're going to be starting to talk about this, and you want to be able to feel confident. Uh, and it's a it's a course that I created. From the one on one sessions that I do with clients, since I work with people one on one as well. And I realized, you know, not everyone is going to be able to hire me to work with them one on one. And so the course itself is uh, do it yourself. So you're able to watch th- the lesson uh, and be able to see, uh, you know, what you need to do and apply it directly to your book and be able to feel really ready, not only in what you're saying, but how you look, how you're going to do your makeup, how, what outfit are you going to wear all of these things that I want you to decide before the opportunity shows up so that you're not in a panic on the morning of day before. I don't know what colors look good on me. I'm not sure how to do my makeup. I don't Are they going to do my makeup? You know, we answer all of those questions so that you feel really ready.
0: Ooh, that is awesome. Okay. How long, like what, how is the course structured? Is it like a few weeks a month or what? What does it's that look a,
2: like? It's a quick one. It's a 90-minute okay. training, so okay. it's his. Uh, it rec- it's pre-recorded, uh, and all the lessons are there. And there's Q and A with other authors, so you can hear from other people who are you know applying this to their to their um, you know their own books. And I'm planning on also doing uh, a live Q and A as well for anyone who enrolls in October uh, to be able to then meet with me on Zoom all as a group so that you can ask your own questions as well. So you can watch the course at your leisure whenever you want to and always go back to it, which I find to be helpful to have it so that you, you know, like something pops up and you're like, oh, my gosh, what was that accordion method thing again? I need to relearn that so that I can apply it to all of my questions.
0: Okay, so for everyone listening, we have links to the freebie that Paula mentioned earlier and to this course in the show notes. So make sure that you grab those. Um, anything else, Paula, where where can people connect with you otherwise? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, of course. So you can always link
2: in with me, Paula Rizzo. Uh, and also, you know, I'm at um, Instagram a lot. I'm into Instagram. All of my handles are list producer because that was my original, you know, website and all of that. Um, but I, I'm really excited about helping people just feel less stressed out about this because it's something that should be fun. And it's the thing that always gets people, you know, they say, oh, I've done so much work and now I have to promote the book. And now that feels really heavy. And so I want it to be fun. I don't want people to feel like it's just, oh, one more thing I need to do. Uh, Look, I'm not going to turn everybody around to be loving cameras and be so happy about, you know, having to do this. I get that. Um, But I've worked with, people, you know, poets. I've worked with very introverted people. Uh, You know, it's something that we all do need to do. If you want people to know about your book, you're the best possible person to tell them
1: about it totally that's awesome that's a good message for our creative types out there who feel like you know self-promotion is some kind of a sellout something or other you know no of course not you did amazing things you have to tell people about it it's the only way it's true all right well thank you
0: so much paula thank you thanks for being part of the hungry authors community If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at Hungry Authors or HungryAuthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen.